Let's go to the Word. Okay, let's go to the Word tonight. I'm, I'm going to ask you all to indulge me one more session about the last word standing is doing the commanding. I just, I just uh, am sure that it's important. Mark chapter 5. The Word says in James, you know, that if a man can bridle his tongue, like you bridle a horse or a rudder, rudder in a ship, that he can, he can control his whole body. And so we just cannot get away from how important it is what we say, what we let come out of our mouth. Uh, Pastor West was telling me this afternoon there was a, a student at Rama when he was there. His name was Ray McCauley, and he was from South Africa and sort of very British. I guess he was British or Dutch, whatever he was. But he barely could understand the lectures because he didn't speak the language and said that nobody had ever heard him say the whole time he was there two years, more than 10 words total. He never talked about anything. And they, everybody said, well, he's not a talker. He can't succeed in the ministry. And he went back to South Africa when he graduated from Ramah and built a 25,000 person church with signs and wonders and you know, all that. And uh, he said, the, he, he basically said, if. If we know the word like we all know the word and we're not having success, we just don't want it enough. So I, I took that as a good word. So we, we need to bridle our tongue. It's not so much that we need to say more. Uh, the word talks, the Lord Jesus talks about uh, praying in vain repetitions where you just over and over parrot something else. But a lot of times it's controlling our tongue to not say what we see and hear and experience to not say it and therefore put it into our life and it becomes the last word standing it becomes the commander of our life and how we would know in heaven as we would look back i don't know if there's a video but if we look back and say it was so easy to win it was so easy to succeed if i had just shut my mouth and then opened my mouth at the right times i would have skated clear across the lake uh, it's just not hard, and, and we should not be like the world. The world doesn't have a clue why it's happening. Why is God picking on me, and God's in control, and, and all that? That's not us. So we should do better. In Mark chapter 5, we looked at this a couple of weeks ago. Let's look in verse 22 and see if we can emphasize how important this is. You know, we, we have to imprint truth into our life. It's not enough to hear it. The word even talks about being hearers and not doers and how dangerous is, that is to us and the call of God because you think you've got it. You, you heard it, and so you think you're a believer. You think you're doing it, but if you don't do it, then it's, it's, uh, it's failure. He said in verse 22, Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he, Jesus, saw him, he felt, he, and when he saw Jesus, excuse me, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly. That's real, that's real powerful there. Uh, saying, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her. And, and let's read this part together. That she may be healed and she shall live. Now, so she, he had been with doctors, apparently. If he was the ruler, he could afford a doctor. And the doctor had said, there's nothing we can do now. And he was bringing that report to the Lord Jesus. But he said something contrary to the report that he'd heard. 
the, the last word standing when he left his daughter was is that she uh, uh, lieth at the point of death. And that word was going to have the preeminence. That word was going to be the, the news that evening. That was going to be where they buried her and put a marker over her. But you notice here Jairus said, Come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. And so that became the last word standing. That was the word now that was con controlling the ship and turning the head of the horse. Life was going to go with whatever was said in faith last. And Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. So would you all agree with me that Jesus was going to fulfill the word? He was going to answer this faith. He was going to answer this faith. And a certain woman who, which had an issue of blood 12 years. Now, why, why is this story here? Why are we going to verse 25 and saying, it's not in the narrative. It's not in the story. It's not in the, well, what happened to the Jairus and his daughter? This woman interrupts the story. And you're always going to be interrupted in your story of carrying out your faith. You have to expect it that it won't be just speak to the mountain and say to the mountain. Something's going to come by and talk back to you. And so there's a distraction here from the Lord, which Jairus had asked to come and lay thy hands on her. So he's the man. He, his faith had conditionally set the way that her, his daughter would be healed. And, and she, verse 26, and suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Now, would y'all agree that the physicians, the many physicians that she used, told her that we can't help you? That you've got a condition that's not going to get better. We don't know what to do, and it's, it's worse now than it was last month. And, and so they gave her a report that it's not well. It says she was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. But when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, remember the last word standing was the physicians that she had just been with, right? But she said, she went contrary. She, she turned the tide back and said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. So she conditionalized it. She said, if I may but touch his clothes. So nothing was going to happen until she fulfilled the word that she spoke. But absolutely, when she touched his clothes, that would be the last word standing. And that's how it was going to go. And so if we can imprint ourselves with anything, family, it's how powerful our words are. You heard Pastor West talk about raising his mother from the dead just six months into the ministry. Just amazing. How much did you know after six months along in this, in this word? Well... He told the story, and I've heard it before, about his mother going to heaven and so glad to be there. And the Lord said, he's using my name. You have to go back. How amazing that is. But it took 15 minutes. So you've got to have 15-minute faith. You've got to have a confidence that what I'm doing is the way it's going to be done, and it's going to work. And she, for she said, I, if I but, may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. So that was a miracle. A healing is lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Recover. Healing is recovering. It's not instant. But a miracle is instant. It changes. 
It turns, it reverses. So she got a miracle and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And it says Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue, uh, the dunamis, had gone out of him, turned around in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said in him, thou seest the multitude. And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. Point yourself with me this evening and say, hey, you. Do that, thing. do that thing. She had done a thing. It's not enough to just believe. You got to walk out your faith. Faith is an act. And so she said, and she conditionalized her saying, when I touch the hem of his garment or the, the edge of his clothes, I shall be healed. And as soon as she carried out her vow, her uh, uh, conviction, it happened just like she said, just like she said, exactly like she said. If she just said, I'll be better or this part of this plague will be better or whatever, that's what she would have said. That's what she would have had. So, so many times we, we will stop and get a, a half miracle, which many times isn't a miracle at all because things can happen naturally that are, get better. It's only when we instantly recover or if we stay with our faith and re recover that we that we hear that. And so the, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing that what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. So he affirmed her. So after you get your miracle, you go back to the word and it affirms your miracle. It's not enough just to get it. It's not enough to say, well, that, that is so cool. That is so good. You've got to go back to the word and affirm it. This is what happened because the devil will come immediately to steal the word that is sown in your heart. Is that right? Yes. And he'll start to use things, but then you can go to the word and says, no, the, the word says this about me. I did this and the word said I'd have that and here I do. I have it. So, and while he yet spake, now isn't that a convenience? While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain, which said, we have a new last word. What was the last word that was standing for the daughter up to that? Come and lay thy hands on her and she'll be whole. But a new last word, a seed attempted to be planted in this situation. And all it needed was to be believed or repeated. I'm telling you, it's easy, but it's detailed. It's, it's like, this is so easy, but you got to do it the way the word says. And it says, uh, thy daughter is dead. Now, what was the last word? It was up there. Lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. And then down in verse 35, it says, thy daughter is dead. So right there, the next step determines what's going to happen. You're either going to have a disaster, a real disappointment, or you're going to have a miracle. And it, it happened right then. How, how did the Lord Jesus guide that situation just like he guides you and me? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith to the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid only believe. What was he telling him to believe? Verse 22. 
If thou lay your hands on her, she shall be healed. Only believe the word, either this word, if you're standing on this word, or whatever word you say that's based on this word. You go, that's hard. No, that's as simple as it can be. It, 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 it slices right between all the unbelief and all the people that want to matriculate and, and uh, work out a system. It's like, this is up to me. He's already said, I'll do it. I'll go. And he did. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. So he put out the unbelief because Jairus had not spoken against his last word. They had, but he had not. So it's what you affirm and repeat that becomes the last word. And the last word is doing the commanding. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was coming in, he saith unto them, why make ye this ado and weep? Here's, here's the last word from this side. The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. Why would Jesus say that? Why didn't he just run them all? Why didn't he just tell his three bodyguards, handle this? He just spoke some words. They were so simple. How many words is this? Uh, uh, the damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. There's six words there. He changed everything. How many times are our lives on the edge of being changed? And we don't follow through with our words. And we affirm and repeat the lie. Well, I'm just telling you what they said. I, I don't believe it, but I'm just telling you what they said. Sure you do. Our believing system is real sensitive, but it's very, very powerful. It's just like loading a 65 uh, millimeter bullet into a cannon on a battleship and just pulling the... Pulling the yeah, it wasn't hard to load that thing, but it's going to blow some town up. And that's what your words are. My words are so powerful. And uh, what we are tempted to do, I'll just say this now, we're tempted. This is the temptation because it's everything in our life we're tempted to fight. I want to fight. I want to, having done all the stand, stand therefore. Well, there is that part there. I want to speak to the mountain, be thou removed. I want to do that. That's all done in the beginning of faith. But once you've made your faith confession, there's no fight left. It's going to be just like the last word standing says it's going to be. And there's no fight to that. There's no fight to that. The fight that we all have is the good fight of faith. To stay in faith. That's the only fight we have. We, the devil is so defeated, y'all. He is so under our feet. He is under our feet. And so we are not fighting him. He is trying to get us to affirm and repeat the bad report. He is tricky. He is subtle. He's seductive. But if we don't say what he says, but we stay with what the word says, there is no fight. Say no fight. That's hard for Christians. That's hard for us not to fight. We want to get the prayer chain up. We want to, we want to uh, call all the intercessors together. We, whatever people do, you know, we're going to fast. After you've already pulled the trigger of faith of your words and they're full of conviction, they are, they are you from the faith realm, not the head realm, but you down here, it's over. It's done. 
There's no fight left. The word has already won the fight. The devil has no weapon to defend himself. He has no defense against the word. He has no defense. The word himself went into the bowels of hell and defeated him openly. There is no defense and there is no fight. Because otherwise we have to get Jesus to go back up on the cross. We have to bring him to shame. And so um, it says, uh, what does it say? Uh, and they laughed him to scorn in verse 40. But when he had put them all out, you know, sometimes there's a little putting all out. People don't like it. Ken folks don't like it. They want to be there and pray. They want to be there and add their thing to the, you know, if it be God's will, this thing's going to come through. I've seen it. Have y'all seen it? Yes. It's everywhere. We want to, we want to, the more the better. And if God's will is that this one raise up, well then we'll be there to fight it through. It's just not Bible. It's, it's very human. It's very, we, we would fight for our children, fight for our job, fight for our the things that are precious to us. We're used to fighting. Fighting traffic at five o'clock on Friday. <laughs> it makes you want to go to war with somebody. <laughs> ah. And they left him to scorn, but when he put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, who were at least neutral, and them that were with him, and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her this word, which being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. The word there means she shall live. It's the same word that's in verse 20, uh, 23 that says, come and lay thy hands on her and she, that she may be healed and she shall live. Jesus then got to that place where the last word standing, which was this Jairus' words, where he could affirm them and repeat them. I say unto thou damsel, arise. Just what her father said, just what her father said. The woman with the issue of blood. Just what the woman said. There wasn't any lightning or sparking or, you know, anything like that. It's just whatever you say. And it won't be different than that. You go, well, what if somebody comes along and they, they, uh, they, they nullify it? Your mother-in-law shows up. Don't want to pick on mother-in-laws, but if someone shows up, your brother-in-law, that'll be all right. And says, I don't think so. I saw someone just like this and they're in, a, they're in a hole somewhere. That doesn't change anything except if you allow yourself to hear it enough from different angles, then you might, we've all been tempted to renounce our affirmation. This is how it is. And to repeat it, to repeat the bad report that we hear. Well, maybe... You know, it looks like if Jesus was going to heal her, she'd be raised up by now. And, you know, we've, Eric West worked with his mother 15 minutes and she gave the timeline of everything that happened while she was out of her body. And, and I can tell you, there's lots of testimonies that absolutely mirror what she came back and said. And straightway the damsel arose and walked for she was the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. Now, I, this is where I like to go. We ought to be doing things. Let's set our goal to do things, not of themselves, but so great that they are astonished with a great astonishment. Uh, the Lord has told us to believe him for a notable miracle, which shouldn't even, even be a big deal. But uh, 
That's what we're having. It's a notable miracle all the time. So we're just getting geared up. We prayed uh, during prayer this evening about boldness. It's the one thing that you can pray for. You can't pray for faith. You can't pay, pray for grace. Uh, but you can pray for boldness. And that's what I would encourage all of us to do. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, we're actually stirring ourselves up on our most holy faith. It's what Jude says. So we're stirring ourselves up. So that's one way we can pray boldness is just to stir ourselves up in the Holy Ghost and, and bring that uh, on. So uh, Jesus did not let the bad report go undisputed. He told Jairus, fear not or, or uh, be not afraid, only believe or only keep. One version says, keep on believing. And this is a great lesson for all of us. Whatever you start with, it's the word that's your conviction and that you affirm by saying, I shall live and not die and declare the illustrious works of the Lord. My bills are paid. I have enough every month. I'm supernaturally supplied. Whatever you say, no matter which way it goes, and it will go another way at a time or two, maybe not every time, but y'all have been around enough to know it can go the other way. <laughs> I mean, you're in the fight. You're like, oh, we're, we're almost there. And then something just blows up and it didn't go that way. And so the temptation is to bail. But I'll tell you, when we have that temptation, it measures our faith. If you can bail, then you never were there. So we have to have an indisputable faith where we say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter how it goes. It doesn't matter where it is. This is how it's going to end. And you become the last word standing that's doing the commanding. And that's the way it'll be. Amen. Um, so Jesus here, he, he heard the report about the damsel and they, and they mocked him. But he, he demonstrated that faith gives you the right to exclude or ignore what is contrary. Friends are very important and we love our friends and we work hard to get them, to keep them, to build them. But sometimes your friends are not helping you. They don't know it, they don't understand it, but they don't help you. Actually, they think they are helping you to shake you loose and to get you in the fight and to pay attention to hear what the doctor is saying and what experts are are speaking. But sometimes you got to walk away from your friends. Now, we don't care about the, the naysayers and the enemies and all that. We don't care what they say, but our friends, those that are close, Jesus had to put them out because he had to have, it had to be straight. It had to be full. And he knew he couldn't get it done with all them in there because of the parents. The parents could say any moment, my poor baby, she's gone. Why wouldn't a mama say that? She's lying there. Why wouldn't a mother say, my poor baby, she's gone. She was such a good girl. Why wouldn't she say that? Well, Jesus controlled the atmosphere. And when you're in your faith, you're going to have to control the atmosphere. It's not that there's somebody who will undo your miracle. It's that they'll talk you into it where you'll falter or draw back from it. So I have found that once you get a little miracle, you get a little faith miracle of faith uh, victory, 
It just fires you up for another one. You don't have to take on the whole world as your first one and just say, okay, I'm going to believe God. We tell the story all the time about Pastor Mark Brzee trying this out and, and believing God for a pair of socks. And three weeks later, a box came with a pair of socks in it. Well, the man set the woods on fire after that. You'd, you'd think, this is $4 worth of socks. They were solid gold for his future. So it's not what's sent to us that undermines us. It's what we hear and repeat that undermines us. So we have to pick our friends carefully. We have to be careful who we call in a time of trouble where we're having to make our stand. Like this, this girl, they said, why trouble you the master? She's dead. You, you don't know when that's going to happen. So you have to not just call everybody and say, Little Jack, is, it's in, it looks bad, and the doctor says there's no way. I just called to tell you how bad it is. Just the calling and say, you know, we're not believing that. We're believing he's going to recover is not faith. We're too newsy. Would you all agree with me that we're too newsy? We want everybody to share our situation. We don't want to be alone. We don't want to be out there... Uh, uh, fighting alone, maybe somebody would have some counsel or something. But generally speaking, you know, unless you call someone that's in faith, you need to not call anybody. You need to just walk it out and walk it through. It's real good. So I wrote down here, your faith is the measure of the deposit in your life. And that comes from Matthew 12, 35. Would you turn there, please, just so you can have it marked? I'm sure you do, but... This is, we should talk about confession. We should talk about affirming and repeating. We should talk about uh, siding with the curse, how, how wrong that is versus siding with the word. But even in that believing and saying, many times, as we talked about the other day, we miss the main ingredient to being able to speak to the mountain and tell the mountain to go. And it's in verse thirty. Uh, five, it says a good man out of the good treasure or deposit of the heart, the innermost being, bringeth forth good things. Well, that even makes sense. That's not even like, wow, that's, that's a hard thing. No, you put a good thing in. We all know people that are kind, say kind things, put kind things in, are around kind people. They're not in a motorcycle gang. Right. They, they, they put it in. They, there's a treasure or deposit and they guard it. And you try to get them to gossip with you about somebody. I can't believe they did this. You try to get them to say, well, yeah, the other day I have an example. Let me tell you about that. They don't bite. They just say, well, we should pray for him. We should we should lift him up. And you go, oh, I wish I hadn't said all that. <laughs> so a, a good man, it says, out of the good treasure or deposit of his heart bringeth forth good things. Well, that's what we want to do is bring forth good things. It's we all are doing everything in our lives that's possible with our health, with our money, with our relationships, with our families, with our church. We are so all endeavoring to push good into our lives. That's what we're doing. We're not just trying to make money. We, we, money by itself won't do it. So we're trying to get the whole thing into our life. And the way to do that is to get a good deposit or a treasure in your heart. 
So that puts a responsibility on us. It's not just like, okay, I believe. You can't believe if you just say, I believe. You have to put a deposit in and the deposit believes. The deposit is believing. The treasure is believing. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So you got to put enough in there that it gets to the top. There's an indication here that just putting some word in won't move the mountain. I go to church every Sunday. I hear the word and I follow the scriptures and that's that's good. That's what we should do. But it might not be an overflow. Especially if you're a hundred and what we figure if you're 168 hours in a week, if you've got 166 of them living with your kin folks and and, uh, and you know, whatever do people do to put unbelief in, it's everywhere. You are a rare group, River Church. I mean, rare for here. It, it, we, there's 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to Baal. So we're not saying we're exclusive by any means, but there's lots of people that don't believe like you believe. Just, and you're around them. And we love them. And we are endeavoring to, to bring them to life. But when you have trouble, they spring into action to console you with unbelief. And so you have to have a treasure in there and you can't wait until troubles come to say, I need to I need to draw aside and read Matthew 12 or something. We have to put it in all the time. The treasure is built. Slowly. Because there's other influences in there, the, the bad report. How many of you all heard th uh, uh, one out of three people in America will contract cancer? See, if you've ever heard that statistic. It's something like that. It's just hard to believe that nothing is impossible to him who believes. It's, it's contrary. It's against it. And you have, to, you have to sweep that out. Well, it's better just not to let it ever come in. I'm, I'm sorry I said it to you, but the point is the curse is everywhere. And the blessings are more than everywhere. But we have to pick, we have to pick the fruit off of the tree. Uh, so a deposit or a treasure... I say it's the weight of what's put in. And so if you put in light stuff, fluffy stuff, God's good. God's good. God, all the time. God's good. I'm not belittling that, but I'm saying that's not going to get you through the miracle stage. Just to say God's good. Even the demons believe and tremble. So we have to do some what the word calls meditation. We got to stop and put it in. Bite by bite. Little by little. You got you got to you got to drag it out. You got to drag out the scriptures and maybe just look at two verses in a day and say, what's in that verse? Just like we're doing right here. We're breaking this down and putting that in. Uh, it says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth. So everything that you're putting in is created to be brought forth. You are a faith machine, if I can use that word. You're a faith entity and the Lord wants to send you and I into situations kind of like SEAL Team 6 so that we bring it forth. And if we can't bring it forth like the word says and we enter in, we're liable to bring something forth that's not what the word says. Now, I'll use an example and I don't think anybody will like it, but. I've done it a million times myself and even prayed it myself. But 
just praying for the doctor to have wisdom. And, and, and that's good. I'm not belittling that. But saying that we prayed for healing. That's not what the word says to pray for the doctor to have wisdom, guide his hands. But I, I, where you are and what you're doing, that is a good prayer. But I'm just saying you and I are called to, out of the good deposit of our heart, bring forth good things. Can I say that? I mean, well, that, I don't want to be misunderstood because sometimes you, you're with people and they cannot believe for healing. I was with a man in my church in West Texas and I went in and uh, he had a condition and I went in there and I'm telling you, I turned him upside down. I called down heaven. I activated the angels. I was moving the blood around all over his body. There, there was no way this man was going to not get up right then. Come to find out. He just was hoping that he wouldn't die. I was praying him up and over and out, and he was, his whole faith was, God, I don't want to die. So I didn't connect with him, is what I'm saying. And I would have had to connect with him to bring him up. What I wanted, what I believed, was not going to raise him up unless he was an unbeliever or someone that was weak, which apparently he was. He just didn't want to die. Well, that's what we have to do is we have to measure ourselves with our faith. So uh, let me give you a couple of stories that I read. There was an evangelist that was in a meeting, a big meeting, and he had two women that the pastor hooked him up with that had the same type of cancer and coincidentally had the same identical time left to live. The prognosis was you've got this and this is how long. It takes for that to go. So the evangelist laid hands on them and both of them were healed in a moment. This is a true story. So they went to their doctors and the doctors said, we don't know how this did it, but you are absolutely healed. But six months later in the church, the evangelist called and, uh, excuse me, came and there was a prayer request. And one of the prayer requests was from the uh, one of the ladies and she said she needed prayer because all the symptoms had returned. But the other lady that contacted her to see if it was the same, she said, all the symptoms came on me just like her. She said, but you don't need prayer, ma'am. You need to resist and ignore and affirm the word of God. Resist and ignore the symptoms. She said, it happened to me just like you, but I resisted and I'm completely symptom free. And so uh, Brother Hagen, this is a Brother Hagen story. Uh, a year later, he asked about the great healings of these two women. And the pastor said, I hate to say it, but we just buried one of the women. Uh, but they did an autopsy on her and said there was no cancer found whatsoever that she died believing in lying symptoms. And I told you about uh, a family grandmother that, that we had in ours. She was convinced she had cancer in her hip and uh, she fell out of bed. And, it, it, and so they, they looked in her hip after she died and there was no cancer in her hip whatsoever. So she, she died believing lying symptoms and this is what it means. She believed what she felt. Feelings follow faith. Faith can't follow feelings. 
so she did not ignore, she did not resist what comes to everybody, which is the bad report, the lying report. Whenever you speak to the mountain, the mountain's going to speak back. And you just got to stand your ground. There was a blind woman, I read about this, that was healed in an Oral Roberts meeting. Don't y'all wish we could have gone to the Oral Roberts meetings and the A. Allens and the William Branham and all that? You know, the Lord introduced something into the body of Christ that was sorely lacking. But uh, she was healed of blindness in an ORU meeting. And later, the, the report is that her sight began to fail and she became completely blind again. But the story is about her that she never acknowledged the loss of her sight. She completely always said, thank God I can, he I can see. And her sight returned and she never failed not to see perfectly. Pastor West's mother was losing her sight and uh, especially in one eye. So she would lay her hands on that one eye. She did this for a long time. And she began to prophesy to it, speak to it. You will see, you will, in everything. And her, that eye turned out, it, it came back to perfection. But her other eye, the other eye then, that was matching this one pretty much, it didn't keep up. She wasn't ever, the doctor said, if you'd have prayed for both of them, you'd have got both of them. But she just prayed for the one, the, the bad one, instead of the sort of bad one. And so uh, that was always funny. She was always like, oh, I, sure, I should have prayed for both of them. So faith. Faith is real simple. But yet it's, it's you don't want a brain surgeon that's got a 75% success rate. You, you're going to be shopping around a little bit. And our faith is like that. We, we're, we're excellent at it, but we're going to have to pay attention to it every time. You can never just get cavalier with faith where you just sling it around and say, oh, I believe for this back in 48, back in 98 or whatever. I got this. Well, yay, if you do. But your treasure has to be maintained. And a lot of people quit going to church, quit getting in the Word because... It worked. Going to church, getting in the word, meditating worked. And so they think, well, we've arrived and now we can pull off of that. But it's like the propeller stopping on an airplane that's flying. What got you there is not working and you're going to the ground. So we have to be vigilant all the time. Besides, besides, just because you get to a place of self-comfort, your, your needs are met and you're funded and your body's feeling good and you, your ministry is working. There's so much more. There's so much more that God has for us that stopping at what would be ahead of everybody else is not heaven's plan. Just being even or a little ahead of everybody else, you know, is that's not it. He's, he's called us to be apostolic, prophetic, whatever's out there. I don't even know what, what could be. But we, we press toward the mark of the high calling. We keep pressing. So you never get to, you never get to let that down. But on the other hand, faith is very restful, very relaxing. Faith is a fight to stay in faith, but once you get in faith, faith is easy. Faith is not hard. You don't worry. You don't listen to a lot of junk. Faith is not even hard. I wrote down that faith holds the line 
when pressure, the pressure to quit comes, faith holds the line. Everybody can hold the line when you get the good report. Or you get in faith and the doctor said it's working. But what happens when it doesn't go that way? Amen. The last word standing is doing the commanding. So, be mindful of our words. If you slip, if you slip and say, Dad, gum, I guess this is what Daddy died of. It looks like that's what's going to happen to me. If you do slip, and those words are easy to find, you just got to come back and put a new word in that stands for what you're looking for. Amen. It's, it's not like, oh, my God, I'm going to hell and I'm going to be full of leukemia as I go and broke and all that just because you mess up. Just fix it. It's so easy to fix it. You just dig up that old seed and put a new one in. Amen.